This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano aka The Don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason, it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com and as always I am never alone, sir please introduce yourself. I am Dan the Comic Book Man everybody. Dan the Comic Book Man is here via satellite, uh, also still you know practicing social distance around here in this brand new year of our lord 2021 and with us trying to keep our eye on the target that is 2021 really really trying to make our name and leave a mark as far as comic book click is concerned it seemed like the rightful thing to do would be to tackle somebody who never misses the mark and that is clinton francis barton himself aka the hero known as hawkeye and not only tackle Hawkeye, but talk, tackle the brilliantly written and gorgeously drawn Hawkeye series by Matt Fraction with art by David Aja. Dan, you have never read this story before, but give me a little bit of your background on what you think about the Hawkeye character, I guess, prior to reading this. And uh, what you liked about this without giving too many spoilers away. I was introduced to Hawkeye <clears throat> from the MCU. Okay. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to everybody. I may have been around comics and superheroes and and all that stuff my entire life. I have read comics as a child. Not much I remember, but the MCU itself was really my intro, not introduction, but reintroduction, my rebirth in a sense of that culture. So Hawkeye, when he was intro- when he was introduced to me, I already loved Jeremy Renner. I had a previous relationship with Jeremy Renner from certain movies. And I think he is one of the most underrated actors of our time. So then Mm. given Hawkeye and how he wasn't even given much through the entire MCU, it would, it would just, it just bothered me to point where he even missed infinity war. Like he had, he, he, they they didn't have him in one of the most monumental events in comic books. So I go, I went back and I started reading a lot of Hawkeye, not Hawkeye solo, but I started. I, it was it was funny. I ended up reading, picking up a lot of books where Hawkeye was the main character, the old main man, man Logan. Yeah, yeah, old man Logan. He was blind throughout the whole movie, uh, the uh, book, but he was still a central character. You know, um, Age of Ultron. He was a very central character, leading an entire like revolutionary movement, in a sense. Like, you know, like Hawkeye has had a lot of big moments in comics, so I think he is completely underused in the in the silver screen ah yeah and personally matt fraction wrote co-wrote more of my second favorite comic book of all time sex criminals so you throw the name matt fraction out there yeah i'm gonna pick that up real quick mm. and i really i've my uh from what I've, I've only read the first 11 issues because we are breaking this into two parts. Yeah, the, the, the story is, is about 22 issues long with an annual and a issue of Young Avengers Presents number six uh, put in there for good measure. A little bit of background on how Kate and um, 
Clint got together as friends and, you know, mentor, mentoree. Um, I read this story about two, three weeks ago, and I fell in love with it. You know me and you have a background with Matt Fraction. We covered sex criminals on this very same podcast. Um, and, you know, he just has an affinity for, I guess, the regular person, <laughs> you know, making regular people relevant, making regular human emotions relevant. And I guess one of the bigger ones is this, you know, like, shame. He's good at, like, shame, and he's good at, like, uh, you know, uh, wanting to feel loved and, and trying your hardest. He's oh, really good at those. He's the best when he writes broken men and uplifting strong women. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, 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 you got that right, you got that right in the head. Yeah, the relationship between Susie and John in Sex Criminal was perfect. This was an insecure, broken, sad, depressed man and a woman who knew what she wanted and knew right. the life she wanted and wanted it with John. Like, you know, like, so it's it's very much the same, right? That same relationship between Clint and Kate. Well, that's very, Kate... that's very interesting because um, Matt Fraction's wife is Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, the woman known mostly for uh, rebranding Miss Marvel to Captain Marvel. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's the strong woman in his life. And maybe he's the broken man. Wow. Wow. You know what? And a lot of, you know, for me personally, I feel like a certain writing, when you can, you can feel and just, you know, feel the energy from certain writing, you know, it's too real, too true to have been made up. Somebody right. really went through this, really felt this, really feels this to the, this day. And they're using movies and TV and comics and music and painting as a way to tell people it. No, that, that's 100% true. Like, no, none of this stuff ages. You know, this this story that we're talking about, seven years old, which I guess in the scheme of comics isn't that old, but all of the emotion is still there. It's still palpable. You can still feel it. The moments of tension, you can still feel. The moments of awkwardness, you can still feel. And that's a testament to Matt Fraction's, again, just overall mastering of, of these emotions that we kind of don't want to feel sometimes so he puts it on this on the beautifully drawn pages that uh mr aja does for this book and um i love it i love it to be honest the character oh. uh sorry oh no i was just gonna say like when you said you love it i was just gonna say this is be, this is slowly becoming definitely in my top 10 of Mar marvel and comics overall yeah this is definitely certainly one of marvel's best stories and best like I want to use the word script. I know it's not script, but I still want to use the word script and the dialogue. <laughs> right. yeah. It's one of the Marvel's best written comics, and that's because Fraction, man. Fraction yeah. is amazing. Yeah, he is. And, you know, we always talk about it on this podcast that all it takes is for somebody to write the definitive story for any character for it to be, for them to become A-list, you know? And um, this character was created a very long time ago by Stan Lee and artist Don Heck um, and appeared in as a villain first. In Tales of Suspense number 57 in September of 1964 and later joined the Avengers in the Avengers number 16 in May of 1965. Uh, so it took him about eight months, but he did eventually become a hero. And we figured we'd, we'd tackle those first 11 issues plus that um, Young Avengers presents uh, in this episode. And the next week we will finish out the story because we've got to give this the writing and all the emotions and these characters time to breathe. To be honest, this is this is a work of art, and so going through it with a fine tooth comb is the only way to to talk about this series and talk about Hawkeye as a character. 
Um, but let's do it. Yeah, let's get through this, and let me get through the Young Avengers of it all. Uh, because the Young Avengers issue that we're going to be talking about is Young Avengers Presents number 6. In that, we start off with Kate Bishop, who has recently taken up the mantle of Hawkeye on a date uh, with her teammate, Elijah Bradley, a.k.a. Patriot. So Girl Hawkeye and Patriot, Elijah Bradley, are in a horse and buggy in Central Park. The date is going a bit awkward because they're friends, something that Kate tells Eli, but it's obvious that Bradley has feelings for Miss Bishop. He's like, oh, don't even worry about it. Their horse and carriage riding in Central Park is stopped abruptly when Clint Barton, in his Ronin disguise, is revealed to be the stagecoach driver. He knocks out Bradley and spars with Bishop, saying he needed to see her hand-to-hand skills before giving her a business card with an address on it and telling her he now needs to see her shoot. When Kate arrives at the location on the card, she is surprised to see she was summoned by none other than the original Hawkeye as a tryout for the mantle. Kate proves to be proficient through all of Clint's tests, but when asked to do the Robin Hood shot, spraying an arrow with another arrow, she says it's impossible. Clint asks her to put her bow up as collateral if he can make the shot, and he does, taking back his bow that was given to Kate by Cap after Hawkeye was presumed dead. He thanks her for trying, and the other Avengers joke the young Avengers joke on her for losing the bow in a bet. After a night out with a fellow teammate, Kate is convinced that she could just steal her bow back, and she does, although Hawkeye is able to detect Kate's actions. While practicing by herself, Clint walks up as Ronan and gives her some guff before giving her his blessing to take over the mantle. He lets her keep the bow and gives her a picture of himself and fellow former villains Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver standing next to Captain America to show her the true power of the legacy of Hawkeye and Second Chances. So this is a cool little intro to Kate and Kate and Clint starting off the uh, the weird bratty father's daughter relationship that they have. How would you describe their relationship? It was very um it it's how do, there's a weird way to put it. it's like friendship. Right. But it's like no like like I I've had female friends that were extremely younger than me that I had no sexual feelings towards I had no romantic feeling towards I had not I, they were they were too young for me to even think of them that way but all I wanted to do was just tell them how fucking fucked up life was it's like don't worry in five years when you are where I am you're gonna know life is terrible like all I wanted to do was just guide them to make sure just to prepare them just know they ain't no one preparing you so he was like he's preparing her for a certain life he's preparing her that if he if she doesn't live her life right and balance Avengers and her personal life, right? She's going to end up like him. Yeah. But you know what's funny? Even though I know that, every time that she tries to warm up to him and he puts that out, it gets me mad. <laughs> you know? Because she knows that life kind of sucks. I think he kind of plays her a bit because she's rich. You know, her background is her family's extremely wealthy. Um, and we'll be seeing this dynamic be played out on the Hawkeye, you know, Disney Plus series with... Jeremy Renner and uh, Haley Steinfeld, but yeah, it was their role, Pizza Dog, and Pizza Dog, who we'll be talking about very soon. Lucky himself, um, but yeah, sometimes I feel like he trivializes her a little bit, like he treats her like she's way younger than she is, um, and some of that stuff that he goes through is is a bit woe is me, a little bit, 
a little bit. He as as we are one to do. Much. Yeah. As we are one to do sometimes, right? Sometimes we just want to wallow in it. And he sometimes wallows in it. And she's not one to do that. Or not one to want to see him do that. Um, and shows a bit of a patience that other women who will I will end this story with um, don't necessarily have for Clint anymore. And the question remains, as it does in most of these cases, is that because she hasn't seen the real Clint or is that because she has? You know, deep stuff, right? Tackling some Just deep stuff. Matt, Matt Fraction and his deep ass writing. But let's start with this uh, phenomenal first issue of this thing, which I, I would love to see just be made into a couple episodes of the series. It's, it's all, it all fits perfectly, but most of our stories are going to start off in non-chronological order, but this is my best version of a recap, uh, that, you know, took some time, but I, this is the things I do for you guys as part of the major issues podcast. We see Hawkeye return, uh, to his apartment building. That's that's the first sign that he is not like all these other Avengers, right? He's not hanging out in Stark Tower or Avengers Mansion. He has a regular old apartment building. And he's returning to it after spending some time in the hospital due to serious injuries that he sustained when fighting crime. Because he's human. We're shown Clint's full humanity as he can't just heal with regeneration and has no money for a fancy hospital. He kicks his wheelchair into the street and takes a cab home where he sees Russian mobster and landlord Ivan... And his goons, affectionately called the tra- uh, tracksuit mafia, they are the tracksuit mafia, <laughs> threatening to kick people out after tripling the price of rent. Uh, we get this another humanizing moment as we see Clint join the other tenants hanging out on the roof, um, and he hears their concerns about being kicked out by Ivan. Uh, so he takes some of his money, places it in a duffel bag, and infiltrates Ivan's secret gambling outfit, demanding he take the money in exchange for ownership of the building. This is like the most Robin Hood thing I've ever seen Hawkeye do, right? Like he just, he hears people's issues and decides he just needs to do something about it. I I love, I love his um, rising to the occasion when it comes to this, uh, this issue. Oh, this character, I don't think I've ever seen. A Hawkeye character, like Hawkeye's character, like this. So maybe, maybe I have, and I haven't been paying attention. But this dude is just like, I don't know. It's I feel like they like this is more so like I can see Jeremy Renner playing this perfectly. I I read the dialogue, I see the facial expressions, the the quips, the way he keeps saying Katie Kate every time he says Katie Kate. <laughs> I I hear Jeremy Renner's voice. Part of the uh, part of the characterization to me feels like they're making a point to say that he's broken. And make it a point to say that he's flawed. And make it a point to say that he's lost. But they also make it a point several times to say that he's good. And his goodness is not affected by any of, those, any of that other stuff. And that's a, that's a hell of a testament, right? Because sometimes we're all lost. Or we're all, you know, not exactly where we need to be. But I guess if we all have a little bit of Clint in us. And all just try to do our best by our fellow man. You know, we could all have our happy endings. But Of course. Uh, yeah. So, he just, yeah, he just shows up in this this mobster's building and throws the duffel bag of money on the table. Ivan responds by saying they want the building empty, and that's why he raised the rent, so he won't sell. Hawkeye doesn't take no for an answer, and starts to fight Ivan and his goons before he uh, he is knocked out with a bottle and thrown out of a window. 
Um, he was outnumbered. I, yeah, I have to be honest with my boy, uh, Clint. He was seriously outnumbered and took down a couple of them before he unceremoniously got smashed in the back of the head and thrown out of a window. Um, when, well, now that he's outside, some of them pull guns on him and he makes a run for it, but is shot in the shoulder. As the goons try another shot, the dog that they are with suddenly attacks the man with the gun, allowing Clint to get to safety. In anger, the dog is kicked into oncoming traffic, so Clint circles back around to knock out the men and save the dog, but the dog is struck by a vehicle. He runs the dog to a vet and demands that he fix him. There, at the veterinarian's office, he's accosted by Vlad again, but this time sends him packing, effectively buying the building he stays in. He puts him in a cab, gives him the duffel bag full of money, and says the building's mine now. He just ends up becoming a landlord, basically, to yeah. all of his friends and neighbors. Yeah, and th- that first issue, to me, is an, uh, an encapsulation of the best parts of Matt Fraction's writing, the best parts of Hawkeye's characterization, which is like, uh, you know, he's seemingly down on his luck. Uh, he'll scramble whatever he has left to give to somebody who needs it, you know. Um, he loves animals, which is like... That's like the most human thing in the world, right? Oh, is to have compassion for other living things. Yeah. How'd you think about like, that? Were you surprised that he went so hard for the dog? Oh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Would you have done the same thing? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good boy. That's <laughs> a real good boy. Yeah. Uh, Arrow is the dog's name, but they said they're going to think of something a lot better. Um, And yeah, you know, like... Him and the dog are one and the same, right? Knocked around, maybe didn't have a great childhood, uh, you know, growing up. A um, little rough around the edges, but there's still a lot of love there. That dog survived surgery it shouldn't have. The same way Clint survives Avengers missions he shouldn't have. 100%. 100%. Um, we fast forward a bit and see Clint has been investigating some weird symbols that have been popping up. From his time as a carny, he recognizes them to be warnings about something big happening soon in the criminal underworld. They were using like hobo hieroglyphics, which is like a real thing uh, that I guess vagabonds used to warn each other of things. Oh, no. Yeah. Hobos used to do markings on like mailboxes and stuff like that to let them know, oh, this house doesn't help or this house does help. This house is overly generous. Like I feel like, like I, I feel like this this like not this story, but this um well, I guess the story, too, because this is one dealing with his childhood. But I feel like Matt Fraction is really using the license that he used to once. He used to be a villain once, you know, and that also colorizes the characterization of Hawkeye or Clint Barton because he's not afraid to get into CD situations. Oh, they do it with the writing. They, they do yeah. it with the writing with Tony Stark, with other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and members. Yeah. They keep falling. It's like you're you're a car, you're an ex carny thief. Isn't that crazy? Like, we don't see him like that in the MCU. I don't think... I've never really seen him like that. I Like, I know that's his, his origin. Right. I know that that's, like, you know, his character. But, like, my Hawkeye that I've always been, you know, seeing around, whether TV, cartoons, movies, comics, it's always been an awesome... You know, because his idol is basically Captain America. So he's always, like, lived up to that mantle of do-gooderness. Yeah. So for people to like literally keep throwing his past in his face, oh yeah, but what do you know? You're just an ex thief, carny. Yeah, like, it sucks. It's Man. the thing with the, when you're a convict. Yeah, 
Like, not only has this man been institutionalized for the, his life and then wants to change and do better, but he can't even rehabilitate without people, you know, throwing his past at him. Which He's reminds very- me of the vision of it all, right? Like, if you guys knew how many times I've saved you all. You know? Oh, my God. That, uh, let's not even talk about that. With him. <laughs> you know? WandaVision people, two weeks, WandaVision. Go back and and listen to our Vision by Tom King uh, recap and review. One of our earlier episodes. Um, But yeah, getting back to it. um, After further investigation, Clint and Kate infiltrate a circus event that is supposed to have a who's who of criminals on the guest list uh, using the gala as a front. They blend in and observe the first act. A knife-throwing one. And Clint instantly recognizes the technique used by the performer, saying he must have been taught by the swordsman, the same man who taught Clint how to become a thief as a child when him and his brother ran away to the circus after their parents were killed. Putting two and two together, Barton figures out that they must be using the circus to rob people. And we see the knife-thrower's assistant pickpocketing guests. So Kate and Clint investigate. Clint sees the other assistants putting large duffel bags in a van, and when he tries to warn Kate, he is knocked out cold while Kate does battle with the lady assistant. When Clint awakens, he sees the swordsman's pupil with his female assistant and other goons. The pupil tells his gang to kill Barton and dispose of his body when suddenly the female assistant pulls out Kate Bishop's bow and starts firing at the goons. Realizing that it's Kate in disguise, Hawkeye takes several men down before whisking Kate to safety by jumping out of a window into a pool. Kate takes down the rest of the men, and when the pupil confronts Clint, he shoots an arrow at him, which ricochets off the wall and into the pupil's spine, paralyzing him. So, yeah, he still has a bit of that carny in him. <laughs> that was a trick shot. Yeah, it's so sick because he paralyzed, he basically paralyzed him from the, from the neck down. But he said like he wasn't he- going to kill him. Might as well have. <laughs> Might as well have. Uh, as they escape in a stolen boat, we see that Kingpin is aware of these events. Clint and Kate have an awkward heart-to-heart where he tells her that he needs her help and wants it because he doesn't want to sleep with her. And she agrees. Clint shakes off the convo and we see that his to-do list is a map of New York City covered in newspaper clippings. What do you think about uh, Kate's first time out with Hawkeye? Saving his butt. Oh, it was so fun. It was great to see them two in action. And it's, all it does is prepare me to see how Haley Steinfeld can keep up with Jeremy Renner. You know, there is a picture of them going around in a dress and a suit. Oh, I've seen the one with the, them walking down the subway steps with the, with Pizza Dog. Yeah, um, man. It's all, it's all coming together. It's all, it's gonna all look, coming together. But it's gonna There's going to be, be so, so many good. Kate Bishops at Comic-Con next year. Next year, I'm saying. Oh, I'm being hopeful man. for next there's, year. There's going to be so many Kate Bishops next year. Yep. And Haley Steinfeld just keeps killing it in the movies. Yeah. She just keeps revitalizing franchises. She revitalized and, and Transformers. Hell yeah. Oh, man. This is going to be great. I'm so excited. <laughs> Our next adventure sees Clint run to the store for labels for all of his trick arrows. When he can't find any, he notices... When he can't find any, he notices his dream card outside... And sparks up a conversation with its beautiful owner about buying it. She flirts a bit and they sleep together in her apartment. Leading her to sell him her car. (laughs) Uh, But she says she needs the cash quickly because she needs to catch a flight. 
Clint asks her what danger she's running from, but she says, ask me no questions and I'll tell you no lies. Suddenly the door is kicked in and a bunch of men in tracksuits and machine guns come barging in. They knock out and kidnap the woman and after a scuffle, knock out Clint, who wakes up and calls Kate for help. Seems like the bad guy stole Clint's bag and in it, a tracer arrow. So Kate helps Clint track down and save the mysterious woman. This culminates in a spectacular car chase, complete with trick arrows and explosions. Even though her car is completely totaled, the mysterious woman thanks Clint for everything and kisses Oh, Clint. my favorite part. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my favorite part about that whole car chase was the confusing of the arrows. He was getting mad, and that's why he was talking about. That's why he needed uh, labels for them. <laughs> and it, but that, that that just started the running joke of tape. Because yeah. that wasn't the first time that that wasn't the last time that he's mentioning that he needs better tape. After they or sleep tape. together, he's like, "Oh yeah, thank you for bringing me to the to the office supply store to get tape." <laughs> uh, and that's how they go. That's how he gets to her house. Gets in her house. He's like, uh, "Do you mind taking me to go get some tape?" <laughs> so, all of this, all of this, and he in the story, the the narrative structure of the story. It's all being told as a series of bad mistakes, right? A series of bad decisions that leads to this, um, which may which may be a little bit more, uh, maybe Clint being hard on himself again, right? Like there's no way he could have known that those series of choices would lead to something like that. But you know, when you're when you don't have a healing factor and you don't have super suits to protect everyone that you love, you got to be extremely careful. And so sometimes sometimes he kicks himself. For not being able to be that. Um, yeah. This is when things get a little bit serious. One sunny afternoon. Kate asks Clint if he ever killed anyone. And he seems to take offense to the question. Before things can get more awkward. A shield helicarrier appears overhead. And agents apprehend Clint. And bring him on board. There he is briefed by Maria Hill. And Captain America. About tape that has footage. Of Operation Ucreta. A project so secret they are sending Clint into Madripoor in attempts to buy it from the black market before the tape gets into the wrong hands. Clint goes back to his apartment to gear up and is shocked to see Kate there, who stopped by, worried about worried about him. He tells her he has to get out of there, but doesn't elaborate beyond that, saying while he's gone, she has to get as far away from Hawkeye as she can. Once in Madripoor, Clint beats up the airport security that tries to hold him in custody. He gets robbed by, oh no, sorry, he gets robbed while in a cab. Then he pretends to be a cab driver himself and finally finds the building uh, the tape auction is at. Bro, what was his plan there? Trying to be a cab driver. He was trying to make money, but he like, you don't well, he, know this. That, he was trying to make money. He was also, well, Majapur is a land of mis, of like bad people, bad guys. It's like a weird wild, wild west in the Marvel universe where people go and do illegal things. He literally doesn't know his, way, know his way around? Like, he didn't no, know his way No, no, but he said, at one point he says, like, ah, what does a cabbie need to know his way around? Thinking that people would just guide him, but they don't. And they get mad at him for not knowing where he's going. <laughs> Which is why he eventually has to stop being a cab driver and get into that uh, weird hotel slash building. Yeah. Um, but, but, but. It doesn't take long once he's there for Clint to be black bagged and taken away into a hotel room and restrained where he is face to face with the villainous Madame Mask. He tries to persuade her to take his unlimited shield credit card in exchange for the tape. Turns out Clint hid the card in his prison wallet. 
is what I'm going to be referring to it as. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Wow. We're, we're learning new things in the new year, Dan. That's we're what learning new things about you every day, my friend. But after struggling, Mask is able to get it and order her men to lock him in his room. While in his room, still restrained to a chair, ninjas come to attack him. Meanwhile, Madame Mask uses the S.H.I.E.L.D. credit card to outbid everyone else for the tape, and in victory goes back to her room to watch it. It is then revealed that the Madame Mask we've seen has been Kate in disguise, who has subdued the OG Mask and has kept uh, the tape out of the wrong hands. She views the tape, which depicts Hawkeye killing a dictator, effectively uh, having footage of an Avenger aiding in overthrowing a government. Big deal. I'm now going to look at every woman in, in every panel and assume that it's Kate in disguise. She's very good at this. What do you think about yep. Kate not keeping up with um, Clint's advice and, and choosing to go anyway? Well, I mean, he would have been dead. This is true. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you know, but also that reveal was awesome. I had no idea that that was Kate. Yeah, I, especially I, when they do that whole thing of him digging in the prison wallet, right? Like, that's a, that's a lot. That is a lot there. He's like, wait, so was that you when you were... <laughs> right, right. From- She's like, some <laughs> things cannot be unfelt. <laughs> yeah, some things can't be unfelt. This is when it all go, goes haywire, though, because in this moment, it's like, okay, good. Kate's here. Kate has everything under control. Kate has the tape. We're Gucci. But to escape the ninjas in his room, Clint jumps out of the window, still restrained. Uh, the noise causes masked bodyguards to check in on Kate, who puts her disguise back on, but it's too late because they can see Clint's body tumble from his room. Luckily, Clint is saved in the air by Maria Hill. Uh, Mass comes to threaten... Mask comes to and threatens to torture Kate for all she's done. Uh, that there's a kind of yeah, there's a kind of brilliant monologue there about like uh, she control she, yeah she stopped smoking cigarettes because she hated the control it has over her, but she's willing to smoke a whole pack so long as she's able to ash out each one individually into the face of Kate Bishop. Because <laughs> originally she said this entire thing that you put me through made me want to smoke a cigarette. Right. <laughs> See that right. control. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, shit. Yeah. That was brilliant writing right there. Yeah. She's like, you wanted to make me, you really made me need a cigarette right now. Just for that, I'm going to kill you slowly. Right. I'm like, oh, bitch. Yo. She was going ham. I love this woman. Now, that monologue, I don't know who she was. This was my debut for her, and I am now in love. She <laughs> legit said, you made me need a cigarette. I'm going to kill you slowly. Yeah. And then Ash. Ash those cigarettes on her face. She's going to put a whole pack of cigarettes out on her face. Ridiculous. Um, Jesus Christ. So uh, Barton and, and Hill circle back to pick up Kate, who can't go with them until she retrieves the tape. Her and Barton manage to get past a slew of enemies and get possession of it, but Kate uh, takes time to remount Clint for saying he never killed anyone. As they get close to the elevator they need to use to escape, Madam Mask reappears and fires a shot at Clint that destroys the tape entirely, but doesn't kill Clint because he was wearing a bulletproof vest, even though the pressure of the bullet makes him pass out. Later, Maria Hill, Nick Fury Jr., and uh, Kate Bishop are in Clint's hospital bedside, and they explain that there's no actual tape in question. This is the most S.H.I.E.L.D. thing 
of all yep. shield things to be honest and when i was done reading it it got me mad but then it, i'm also like i'm kind of glad shield exists and operates the way that they do because they are no oh, nonsense I while i was reading it yeah like, uh no it was a bunch of navy seals just like the news said right you know like you really gave three different co- there's three different copies of the tapes of three different moles killing oh uh, suspected moles killing the same person yeah. get the fuck out of and who's those Wolverine Captain America and Hawkeye were all staged killing someone just and given a specific tape just to see who would ever be a mole yeah what? let me let me explain it, let me explain it for the kids at, for the kids at home uh they were using this entire ordeal to try to smoke out a mole in shield uh, by providing three separate tapes of a quote-unquote Avenger killing a dictator and seeing which S.H.I.E.L.D. agent would steal it and try to sell it, thus revealing the traitor in their miss. This whole thing being fake really pisses off Kate, who says someone could have died, but Clint cuts her off, saying he knew all along and agreed to help in order to make sure none of the brave men and women who actually aided in the mission were killed. Kate tells Clint, as far as people go, he's okay. Because she understood what was going down. She was hurt. Thinking she that Clint hurt. almost almost died for that. I thought that was Just very... Like, it made me feel something. I was like, wow, you really... Like, he's like... She's talking on behalf of him. You know? It's like she's the girlfriend at the restaurant when the when the guy's food didn't come out right. Facts. Um, our next issue is actually an issue dedicated to the victims of Hurricane Sandy, Dan. Did not know this. They put this in because of everything. This is Hurricane Sandy. I knew this was Hurricane Sandy. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it because this was the one. I'm just everything about it. I'm like, yo, this is Hurricane Sandy, isn't it? Just the storm of the century. The fucking the way it just obliterated. They go to Rockaway. (laughs) They go to Rockaway, which is not too far from me. I suffered quite a bit because of the hurricane. I lost my my entire childhood. I lost everything. All every video game toy. Childhood clothing, every picture, memorabilia, everything I yeah. ever had. The only thing that survived was like a a bunch of comic books that are in my mother's closet, buried somewhere. <laughs> Single issues, random issues, because right. it was the only box that survived. It was the only one thing left. Like I lost my entire life in Sandy. It right. took everything. Same. I lost my car. I lost my apartment at the time. All my military documents. Had to get those back, which wasn't fun. It takes forever. But um, I guess this was, yeah, a love letter to New York and New Jersey in particular for getting hit as hard as it did. Um, Clint uh, helps one of his tenants, a man he calls Grills, uh, try to evacuate his father from the Rockaways in hopes of saving him from the dangerous hurricane. Grills' dad is doubtful the hurricane would do any damage and refuses to leave his home. But when waves crash into his neighborhood, his mind changes quickly. Grill damn near dies trying to save his deceased mother's belongings, but they are destroyed when the water makes its way into the basement. As Grill stands dejected, recounting all he stands to lose in this hurricane, Clint points out that by having a father, he hasn't lost everything. The father and son embrace, and Clint uses the dad's rowboat to help the two of them escape to safety, learning something about family. Meanwhile, Kate takes off to an engagement party in New Jersey that also gets flooded, but when one of the guests doesn't have enough medicine for a long stay, Kay rips up her party dress, swims through the drenched city, and is helped by some local people from New Jersey uh, when looters try to rob her of her bow. 
As Kate and Clint return from their uh, respective adventures, Kate asks to crash on uh, the. Oh, sorry, to crash at Clint's house, and they both call each other Hawkeye affectionately. So it was a nice little tight issue. Uh, she says Jersey rules, New Jersey and Jersey people rule, and Clint. You know, I, I at the time I could see how comforting an issue like this would be. You know. Yeah. Um, seeing people band together despite losing it all. Uh, oh, that was a beautiful scene right there. That was a way beautiful moment where she gets, once again, she got knocked out from being hit in the back of the head, just like, <laughs> just like the other Hawkeye. Yeah, we, we need to uh, do up, tests on their brains. Cause... I mean, it was hilarious. Cause I, all right, as from a comic book fantasy point, it's kind of hilarious. A bunch of New Yorkers with pitchforks and shit like that. Oh, but yeah, yeah. What the fuck are New Yorkers getting pitchforks? What is it? Um, you mess with Spider Man, you mess with all of us, right? <laughs> yeah, you mess with one of us, you mess with, and they did that because of the whole nine eleven thing. So yeah, Marvel is very in keen with, you know, uh, well, they know about New York. They know that they owe New York. New York is a a brilliant background for some of their greatest battles. So when they get a chance to write a love letter to it, they they do, and it's full of heart stars and horseshoes. So that's good. Clovers and balloons. That's it. When Hawkeye gets gifted a DVR by Grills, he's happy to set it up. But from the roof, he can see some of Ivan's men menacing the place with bats. Oh he... God, this was was this the Christmas episode, the Christmas issue? Yes. Oh God, this is one of my favorite issues so far. He goes to confront them, but is beaten down. And guess what? He's bagged and tagged and restrained. Again. After driving around a bit to confuse him, Clint is Clint is unmasked and confronted. By seemingly the head of Ivan's criminal family. He tells Clint that he needs to be gone or they will kill everyone in the building. He is then dropped off unceremoniously at his apartment where he starts to pack and sends a courier to give Kate his bow. I love this next part. Oh, yes. She shows up on his doorstep and after seeing his luggage, deduces that he's abandoning them. Clint explains... No, the fact... To me, it was when she popped up at his doorstep First thing she said is, "What was? What is this? What the hell is this? <laughs> She's like, what the hell is this? And where are you going? Like, she knew she instantly. Like, what the hell is this? What are you trying to tell me? Right? Huh? You trying to say bye? Is this a goodbye? Which, like, you know, right? Really? But like, but like a friend or like a sister, not like a lover. No, like yes, a, it, What the hell do you think you're doing? <laughs> it's exactly like a work. My sister has done that to me before. Yeah, I've done that. To my sister. She's done that to me before. It's like, it's one of those. Hey, I'm concerned. I know I can read signs and I know who you are. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Awesome. So 100% a heartfelt scene coming up right here. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she kind of gets on his case about everything because she sees his, his bags and stuff. Um. And Clint explains, that the, explains about the ultimatum he was given. But Kate just doesn't want to hear it. She's like, you're a hero. And, the, like, I love... That her like her last little bit of dialogue towards him is not really a sentence. It's not really like structured well. It's just her mad and storming off like this. This ain't it. It's something like that along those lines. Like this leaving shit. This oh, ain't it. <laughs> Say it again. I think he gave her like a grammar lesson or something. He's like, you know, what's with the pre- ending in prepositions or something like that. Or like we don't end in prepositions. It was, she was over. It was something. It was something about his crap cracking me up. Um, for the rest of the day, Clint sits in his depression, but the next day he tries to go out for some fresh air and sees one of Ivan's men pantomiming shooting him. 
Realizing Kate was right, he starts to unpack his things and even invites a neighbor to come over and watch TV because uh, one of his arrows damaged the satellite dish on the roof. <laughs> After a few days of contemplation, Clint says he isn't going anywhere. Uh, what I wanted to expand on most in this scene is the scene that I I, I kind of glossed over that I'm sure you want to get into, which is the scene between him and Tony Stark. Oh, my God. Those scenes. All right. I can so see this being a thing. Like if they, if they, if there, if this can exist before Tony Stark's, I know this is gonna be after, but I'd much rather it have been. There was so much possibility of having Tony Stark in that Hawkeye show, but I could so see Robert Downey Jr. saying dialogue like this. He's like, "All right, listen, buddy. What we're gonna do is we're gonna go downstairs. We're gonna get a town car. Happy is gonna drive us to the nearest Best Buy. We're definitely gonna get to a whole new setup." Yeah, but he also says, like, we're going to put all your stuff on the curb. Oh, yeah, he definitely. But he, he and Robert Downey Jr. would say stuff like that. Totally. But then it's like, bro, I get it. I get that you just have a magic card and you can get whatever the hell you want. But this is my stuff. And I have to learn how to deal with my stuff. No, that right there. Because I remember screenshotting that shit, too. Because that shit nearly broke my heart. Yeah. I love that. He's like, you know, that's. Isn't that the point? Like, you're supposed to, like, you know, know how to fix your stuff because then Cause it's what your the stuff? hell am I doing? It's like, yeah, it's my stuff. I should know how to fix my own stuff. It's like, damn, that all that double writing is there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it, I, don't, I don't think it's intentional, but I feel like Tony's kind of big leaguing him a little there. He is big. He, he is big leaguing him. You know? And big, bro, is that what you're doing? He's yeah, big leaguing yeah. him. Yeah, um, what is it? <laughs> Are you patronizing me? I can't tell. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like, he's he's talking to him, like, almost like he's a child. And Hawkeye has so much on his mind with everything from the, you know, the tracksuit mafia, Ivan's threats, literally just giving getting ultimatum that everyone in his building could be end up being killed. Kate walking out on him. He's not doing well right now. Um, and so for Tony to come... Those little things he said about the DVR are effect- can effectively be used to describe Clint's life. Like, oh, this is a mess. You should just start from scratch. And it's like, well, well this is my life. I have to fix this. This is the only thing I have. <laughs> you know? I can't put that out on the curb. I-, I very much felt like that was a lot of the heart of this issue. But that that seemingly, like, sort of kind of breakup argument between Kate and, and uh, Clint, that broke me. I was like, wow, like, she's mad. <laughs> she's big mad. And you can tell he's he's disappointed in disappointing her, which shows how much they care about each other, which I think is It's, it's endearing, heartfelt. It's it's good to see, so, like, you know, he needed this rock. As a matter of fact, in this issue, there's very little, there's actually one page of super heroics. It's him, Wolverine, and Spider-Man doing some things. But besides that, this is this is the true Hawkeye, right? Wake yeah. up, get into an argument with somebody, hate yourself, go <laughs> go out and still help people anyway, even though you don't you don't know what you're doing. Get beat up, dragged across town, wake up, threatened, go back, thrown back into the street, go upstairs. The, your own friends are are big leaguing you, you know. Like <laughs> guy can't catch a break, man. Can't catch a break. At all, I feel so bad for this dude. Um, how he's not, I don't know how he's like still walking because he, his legs alone in this comp, in this entire 11 issue run so far is 
taken a lot of damage. What do you think about the stylistic choice to constantly have him like bandaged up? Oh, listen, it's it is beautifully done. It I think I think that it's what gives it the overall atmosphere of this character because it's an Avenger, a superhero, but he's human. So when you see him outside of his costume, he's gonna have the wear and tear of being a superhero. He doesn't have regenerative abilities or a super soldier serum or an iron armor around him like guys going out there in, in spandex with a bow and arrow while aliens are shooting laser blasters like it makes me think of um uh almost like WandaVision like the whole WandaVision of it all like Wanda lost her husband and no one kind of comforted her no one <laughs> brought her to the side no one gave her a chat or bigged her up um, because they think because she's on the team that you just, you know, that thing that certain things just come with being on the team. And I think certain people forget about Hawkeye. I think they forget that he is, doesn't have a superhero factor or a million dollar budget or can't get, you know, indestructible just because he gets mad. Every fight that the Avengers with all of their armor and all of their money and all of their powers, um, choose to go in. He's right there with them right there. To the right of Captain America with his arrow, to the point that he was on Captain America's side in Civil War, and most of the people on the other side had powers or big guns <laughs> or very dangerous things, uh, and all Clint had was a bow. And he still gives that very touching speech to Scarlet Witch and Age of Ultron about, you know, none of this really making sense, and that he chose to be an Avenger, and if she walks out there, she's choosing to be an Avenger too. She's, he saves Wanda from house arrest. You know, he does, which that that goes all the way back to the whole, you know, you leave from here, you're an Avenger thing. But here's what's so beautiful about the way that they've like given you breadcrumbs into being able to adapt Matt Fraction's not just the story Hawkeye, but his I feel like this is his version of Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. This is like that. This is this is Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. So the best way to, to adapt that with breadcrumbs is giving us the relationship between him and Wanda. It's very Kate Bishop. It's very him having the platonic friendship, older brother guidance relationship with a female without it having to look, you know, ham fisted. There's a quiet moment. Um, there's a very, very quiet moment where um, in the uh, in the issue where the Madam Mass stuff is happening, the tape stuff is happening. Where. Yeah. Um, they're being attacked by by Madamas goons. They're on a, uh, like a hoverboard or something like that. Maria Hill's driving around a hoverboard, which is what oh, catches. But yes, I, I love this part. Yeah, which is what catches Clint, uh, when he falls out of the building in the chair, and so they're flying around, and there's a man, uh, enemy man, who jumps on and grabs um. The I guess the the board that they're on. And Clint thinks about kicking him off and killing him, effectively, because he would fall from the sky and die. But he's like, I can't. That's not me. And he goes out and he reaches out to grab the man's hand. And the man says never and lets himself fall and dies. <laughs> but even in that moment, even after getting beat up, even after getting attacked by ninjas, and even after, you know, this whole madness over the tape, he still wasn't going to kill that guy. He was still going to put him up because that's him at the end of the day. He has this weird 
I guess not weird. I guess it's weird because people don't have it now. But he has this sense of responsibility, like this true sense of responsibility. Like he's responsible for the dog because he knows better of how to treat a dog. He's responsible for the people in the building. He's responsible for Kate. If he chose to give her the mantle and give her the bow, he has to see that through. And he's not perfect. And it's incredibly hard, Dan, when you're not perfect to try to lead or help anyone. Because all you do is second guess everything you've ever done. You know? It, it's the it's true. 100%. Go ahead. 100%. No, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. It's a true human nature of, of all this. Uh, it really, this, this series of stories really opened my eyes to the character that Hawkeye can be. Um, I would love to see him dive, delve a little bit into this kind of characterization with Jeremy Renner. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, shot for shot, but anything from there, I think they can really do something special. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's not, let's not get it. Let's not get it twisted right now. I don't want shot for shot. I don't even want this story. I haven't continued this story yet. I don't want this story. I just want this world. I want these characters. I want not the characters. I want the written version of these characters that Fraction gave me. If you can give me the the Fraction's relationship, like his authentic relationship between Clint and Kate, if you can give me fucking a, a Hawkeye in bandages and beat up faces... If you can like give me just his depressing feeling, like 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 all of that, if you can just give me what and, and, and have Kate stand up for him, and have Kate all the time. stand up to all him, stand up for him and stand up to him, right? And all of, all of that, like that that he called his he called his ex wife a bitch. Yeah, uh, that was so sweet. <laughs> that was, that was a very oh, sweet well, moment. And I was like, she's like, I'm hanging out with him. He's not hanging out with me. So it's like that was such a bad comeback. Kate, but you were everyone was high on emotions, so let's get to you. Ready to get to the messiness that is Clint's love life? Yes, please. Let's. Oh my God, because that was just the, the the. I don't know how Fraction does these. These are movie scenes. These are legit Tarantino esque, you know, chops like 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 yeah. the montages and the panel the reason. panel direction. The panel, you know, how... the panel direction of yeah. montages when he was going through work wife, ex wife, friend girl. I'm like, yo. Uh, I got... oh, that's in the next. That's in the next one. Uh, uh, no, in this story oh. where he gets it when he gets arrested. There's a whole montage. Oh shit! I thought it was this one, but no, yet. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, the whole yes, montage yes, yes. of him getting print fingerprinted and sitting in jail and all that kind of stuff while homegirls just chilling. But that's what we're about to get on now. So. We see footage of Cherry, even though her name isn't Cherry. We'll be calling her Cherry because I don't think I know her name. Uh, the mysterious woman with the awesome car shooting, shooting Ivan of, this, of the tracksuit mafia in front of the elder mafia leader. She then runs over to ask Clint for help, saying they're coming to kill her, which makes it awkward for Clint's other guests, Mockingbird, Black Widow, and Spider-Woman. Uh, she uses her uh, flirtatious ways to convince him to help her infiltrate a Russian strip club in order to steal the safe she was trying to rob in the first place, after bringing a set of comics to Barton's house and demanding he don't touch them. On the mission, Clint causes a distraction that gets him arrested and allows Cherry to get the safe after having a confrontation with the elder mafia leader. When they get back to Clint's apartment, Cherry flips out because Clint touched the comics and the order those issues were in was the combination to the safe. Which I, I actually tried going back in... Reading, but I didn't know there was so many numbers on those on the on the. Isn't that, that funny? Was, 
though. Isn't that funny? It was the like, date, the issue number, and then the pricing of it. Yeah, the uh, issue numbers uh, were those comics were put in issue number, not sequential issue number order, but those issue numbers were the combination to the safe. Well, so now that he's a- mixed it up, and the safe has a three-try thing where if you don't get it right on the third try, it locks forever. And then the, everything inside is destroyed. Yep. So realizing that, that there's nothing they can do now, Cherry kind of just leaves. She gives it's the MacGuffin. It was just a red herring. It was like she, says, keep, she says keep the safe, whatever. And that's about it between those two. Uh, elsewhere, the crime bosses of New York City are meeting to discuss how to pay back Clint for robbing them. After much discussion, Kingpin allows the elder tracksuit mafioso to deal with it the way he wants, and he seems to know just the way. Um, oh, I was going to ask you, were you surprised to see Kingpin in this? Hell no. If anything, Kingpin was a welcome surprise. <laughs> well, not a surprise, but a welcome, a, a welcome addition. Because I, all right, so going back, and not going back, but covering the Marvel that we have covered in the past, I am seeing a pattern where some way, in a sense, Kingpin is always, if you're, if we're in New York in Marvel, you're gonna get Kingpin. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's just, like, like, like I've, I've seen that pattern so far. A lot of Marvel comics, whether one-off or not, or either he's in it, or his name is in it, or, like, in some kind of way. Yeah. Like, and I, that I almost like, goes to say, right? <laughs> that almost goes to say that you, you ain't doing nothing. Uh, in New York, without doing it, without without, without Kingpin uh, knowing about it, right? Yeah, exactly. Because there's been so much. I've read dialogue before. It's like, oh, we can't go here. You know, these Kingpin's guys or or the cops over here are under Kingpin's payroll. Like, I have read so much times the the, the writing. The cops are under Kingpin's payroll. Oh my God! If I have, if I had a nickel for every time someone threw that in there. Cops are under Kingpin's payroll. That's it. It it, to me, it's it's starting to make me feel like Kingpin's probably one of the most iconic Marvel characters, and it's not even that he's underused or or underrated. It's just like he just he's so popular and iconic. It's just like he he doesn't even need a spectacle. He doesn't need to be a main baddie. Like have a whole big bad guy monologue at the end. Just the fact that his that he's there, his presence is just like yes, Kingpin. I love this. Never and he just bad. and he uh, he allows right, he chooses to allow um the, the like the the tracksuit mafia to deal with it. Eh. Oh yeah, he called he called for a vote. Vote went eight six. He's like, all right, let's go nine six. I and he's like, yes. if they if they die, they die, and if they get it right, we got a dead Avenger. Oh, it's great. And he's like, a dead Avenger <laughs> is good for gross. Yeah, yeah, so like for profit and shit like that. For net, no net, net, net worth. Right, like Dead Avenger for like net worth, yeah. So I was like, "Wow, that's which is some real shit that Kingpin would say." One hundred percent. That man has no heart. Um, so I'm going to go into a longer uh synopsis of the final issue that I'll be covering before you give us the origin of the clown man, I guess, and the greatest issue <laughs> that we'll be covering tonight. Oh hell, yes! <laughs> is... I can't wait. <laughs> the pizza dog, uh, the pizza dog of it all. The pizza dog of it all. I I read this. Um, I was tipped off early. I want to say in between either Yogi or GT uh, Rebirth, one of them tipped me off to the idea. This idea that there was a whole issue from the dog's point of view, 
and you you think you think you know what that would be, but there's no way to prepare you for that story as written. That's fucking all. And even you sent me. I remember you sent me the sc- a screenshot of only the beginning. Yeah. Just the beginning. Yeah. Of the dog looking at Kate and Clint. And I, I'm like, yo, oddly, I understand this. And the more, <laughs> I was reading, the more I was reading, the more I'm like, yo, I'm legit following the day-to-day of a dog right now. What? And I'm understanding everything that's it was, going it on. Was like, it was like you were reading Charlie Kelly's notes and stuff, right? You're like, <laughs> I don't understand why I understand this, but I Bro, do I understand this. Book. Yeah, it's like, why do I understand Charlie Kelly's dream book right now? <laughs> oh, my we're, God. Yeah, we're, we're looking at that worm like, hat. That's what we're, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, or denim or whatever. Uh, uh, chicken denim. Denim, denim chicken. chicken. Denim chicken. So, in 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 this weirdly style, like seventy stylized issue, I don't think I'm getting that wrong. We see, um, we see what happens with everybody else the day that uh, Cherry shows up to uh, tell Clint that she needs help. And we oh, see. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. This was very, very like seventy style, like spy, like spy, like a seventy spy. But I spent like it was most also more like Three's Company, because I think that's oh, what they were going for, like the kind um, of tropey. Oh, oh, you're talking about the, oh sitcom tropes, like the yeah. Oh, this like this at this moment it would be a laugh track, right? Like because said, yeah, yeah. That in my head, ha 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 ha. It like, would also it would also be a laugh track every time he says sex instead of sec. Which he has a big, yep. real hard time doing in this story. <laughs> Every time he tries yeah, to tell people, go, yeah, to give him a sec, he says, "Give me a sex," and it always causes some awkwardness. Yo, that's so, Jarvis, right? Because uh, when when uh, when we open the issue and Big uh, Butler opens the door on um, Cherry, that's supposed to oh, be yeah, Jarvis. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yep, I know that, Jarvis. That is Avengers Mansion. Yep, that's Edwin Jarvis right there. Hey, my man's first name is Edwin. Ain't that some shit? That's great. Um, so we see how he sees the three women that he was hanging out with. How he sees um, Black Widow, uh, Mockingbird, and Jessica Drew. The Jessica Drew of it all surprised the hell out of me, and it's probably oh, the best part of this my issue. God, I think that's the one that I think that's what broke. I I think that's I. Oh yeah, that made that my phone wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that if I thought if that's a conversation I'm thinking. Where she talks about what his superpower is, yeah, yeah. I, I, that was my that's my phone wallpaper. That that was some real heavy heavy writing. That broke my heart. Six um, ways to Sunday. So we start <laughs> we start off with what Natasha does because these women are not happy that this scantily clad woman has just walked in and demanded Clint's help. They all have a separate, unique relationship with Clint Barton, and it's explained here that like Natasha's his work wife. You know, they met long long time ago in Clint's early days. And he did have a thing for her, and but now they're just they're how they are in depict as depicted in the MCU, where they have each other's back. They've known each other for so long. They've been on so many different missions together that they just kind of gel. And so Black Widow, being a spy, uses all her skills to find that mysterious woman, Cherry, aka Darlene, Darlene Penelope Wright. So she tracks her down to Grand Central Station and literally tracks her down, runs her down because once the woman sees that Black Widow's following behind her, she runs into a train like a train tunnel. So she's tackled by Black Widow who demands to know what the hell she wants with Clint. And all the woman can say is 
just tell Clint I said that he's not safe, that all of this is going to get real bad real soon, and I try to do my best to save him. And that doesn't mean anything to um, Natasha, who's like, what? but what the hell are you talking about? And what? why is Clint in danger? He's not in danger. He's an Avenger. And she oh, no. rightly the, points what, out. <laughs> oh, my bad. Uh, when no, he was getting, he was on, when Natasha was um defending Clint, it felt so Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Johansson from the Because yeah. yeah. he's like, what do you mean? Uh, he's far from a regular guy. Like, this girl was literally saying, like, you know, if you want to kill the Avengers, who's the first on your list? The regular guy. She's like, Clint's far from a regular guy. So don't get it twisted. Like, But she's also right, right? Darlene has what? a peg. Like you, yeah, like y'all not even gonna miss him because y'all not even gonna know he was gone. Yeah, like he's the regular guy on this team. No one's paying attention. Look how far he, he's gotten into this, and no, and y'all just getting wind of it. Like by the time all oh, this goes down, it's about to be over. That is great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so she's like, just tell him to keep safe, which I think is code. If you will. Well, she said, "Keep safe or keep the safe." Keep period safe period. Oh yeah, keep keep safe. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, and then we see Bobby Morris, Bobby Morris, who I want to be, who I want to say is in Agents of Shield, as somebody who's never seen an episode, um, <laughs> Mockingbird, who is Clint's ex-wife. So Clint's ex-wife stops by. He's all beat to hell because of what just happened. Um, you know, with the tracksuit guys and getting arrested and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she sits down with him and she's there to deliver him divorce papers. Or I guess not deliver him divorce papers. These are like the final papers that need to be signed to to finalize everything. And she notices that he not only doesn't look physically well, but he seems to be on edge. And he's looking out the window and he goes, do you see that van? Does it does it look like a van to you? <laughs> Or does it look like a van? <laughs> I love the way they put the bold in on the van. Where it's like, yeah. that look like a van or does that look like a van? Like, right. And she's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Why don't you just go check it out? And then he's like, well, I've been a little bit overzealous. And you see, like, again, like a movie, you see these flashback scenes of him jumping on strangers' cars, thinking that they're there for nefarious reasons. <laughs> Oh, the cops are literally asking him kindly to not scare people away. Right. He's jumping on some lady's car who has a coffee in her hand. She jumps on some truck that's literally just there for security. Um, And, yeah, they've been asked to kind of keep off of it. And what does Bobby do? What does the ex-wife do? She says, hold on on a second. And goes down there to that van. And, lo and behold, it is the tracksuit mafia full with Uzis. And she whoops their ass. Um, she's so comfortable in, in all of this that when she gets soaking wet because the car crashes into a fire hydrant, she just takes a shower at Clint's and in his robe and in his towel, basically gives him divorce papers on Valentine's Day. And oh man, I love the, yeah, the divorce paper part. I love the divorce paper or the the answering machine. I I love a real quick message. Yeah. I love, um, well, there you go, Clint Barton. You're now officially divorced. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, really? That's a day? All day. Today sucks. I'm going to bed. <laughs> That's me. That's me. Like, have a bad day and then find out either it was supposed to be a better day or it's an anniversary of another bad day. Um, um, that's, I'm going to start this over. I'm going to bed. 
I'm going to bed. We'll do it better tomorrow. Yeah, screw this. Screw this. I'm, I'm going to bed. Um, but then she shows some concern. Then all these three women have the nerve to bust into Kate Bishop's house while she's sleeping. Yo, son. And the man who the hell the, the woman is. This is like, this felt like women going to the new girlfriend. But she's not the new girlfriend. She's just the new, I guess, caretaker. Or uh, what would you call Kate in this position? Is she the guardian? She's definitely the guardian. Somebody got to be the damn guardian. Uh, but yeah, they demand to know what she knows about the woman, but Kate doesn't really know anything about anything. And, um, what's funny is that Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman, says to her that, like, this is not about him. This is about an Avenger. An Avenger got into trouble. I'm tired of talking about Clint. Let's, let's figure out how to, you know, save this Avenger. And Kate, if you're an Avenger, you would save him too. So are you an Avenger or not? Okay, I also, I just, I have, I've, I have sat back idly by long enough. Like, I love Hawkeye with all my heart, but God damn it, man, you had Spider-Woman in your hands. You <laughs> yeah. had Spider-Woman but in your hands. But you also had Hawkeye, I mean, a Mockingbird. Mockingbird just went down there and beat those, those men up just because he said uh-huh. it might be somebody. Because, because he was looking paranoid and scared and she wanted to make him feel better. Wow. She wanted to make him feel better. She didn't have to do any of that. If she really hated him divorce-wise, like, uh, you know, this is, I just can't stand you, she could have just left that thing on his doorstep. She would let him rot in that torture. Yep. She would let him rot in the torture of of being paranoid and not being able to sleep. But, but because he was saying how overzealous he was, and obviously those flashback panels is him explaining to her, well, in my head, him explaining to her what the hell he's been doing. Jumping on cars and scaring people away. She's like, all right, you know what, let me go take care of this real quick so I can go get these Yes, she was doing it for selfish reasons, but it was selfless, selfish reasons. And for that matter, they cancel each other out, you know? Like, so she wanted her divorce paper signed so she can get out of there. But she's like, you know what? If, if this can get him to go to sleep and sign my papers, then let, then let me help him out. So she still yeah. loved him. There was still love there, even if there was no romance there. And I but think Drew, she knew. I think she knew that, that or I think Drew knew that Kate would probably try to go back or try to contact Clint. But were you taking it back earlier, like here, before we get to the big argument of it all, um, that Jessica had that kind of mind state? Like, this is not about him, this is about the Avengers. Uh, I, I would have, I guess the, <clears throat> let me see. I, I wouldn't even know how to, where I would be able to go into her mind. On that one, I, we didn't really know much at that time. It just seemed weird that she was. Everyone else seemed a little bit more forgiving because they seemed like to have been a little bit more past it. Whatever it is that got them mad at Clint, right? Everyone yeah. is a little bit more past it than Jessica for some reason that we don't know. Oh yes, yes. I mean, well, oh, who, who I would, What's the history of their relationship, though? I didn't know anything until this this issue. So, so okay, so. Ooh, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I thought I was alone. I know. Yeah, no, I have. I had. This kind of blew me uh, my my mind away. I had yeah. no idea that they were in a, in some sort of relationship. I don't really know much of Jessica Drew on her own, but of, of what I've seen her, yeah, she's she seems to be a very like you know straight laced woman. Yeah, no nonsense straight laced. So she probably had better expectations for a man that's looking for rehabilitation, but keeps making excuses for himself. Right. Because he is legit sometimes, 
like you say, like he, he's playing, he's playing the violin. Yeah, he is making a lot of excuses for a lot of the things he's doing, and she probably doesn't. She probably wants. She probably actually loves him enough that would that can see the potential, would want more from him, but can't do it no more. And you just gave me a thought. I'm putting a pin in it because we're about to get to it. But you just gave me a little bit more ammunition for uh, something I want to mention. But um, I just noticed a paper cut on my finger. That sucks. Oh. But, <laughs> oh. but uh, yeah. So they tell they tell her that to like figure Clint out if you're a, if you're an Avenger or not. Figure out what the hell's going on. And um, are you are you following along at by any chance? Of course, I have comics unlimited on my phone right now. I'm like literally. So check on. check check this page out here. Um, I'm, I'm are you are you are you at Kate on the moped? Uh, going. Yes, to town? that's what I wanted to talk about because this is awesome. I love where... the purple moped. I love the helmet. I love all that. Um, no, but I love I love the writing from earlier where when when Mockingbird came down to beat the crap out of them, he says another crazy broad. Yeah, yeah. And then it turns out he, uh, Kate Bishop came down and beat the crap out of them first. Do you see? Oh. Do you see the panel where she is on the moped? Uh, the guys are in the van saying "bro," and there's like an address behind it. it says one eighty seven Sherwood. Yeah. Okay. Oh wait. Do you see the symbol underneath there? Oh. Do you see that? Do you see the man to the left of, of Kate? Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yep. That is phenomenal. Yep. Oh, fashion, you son of a bitch! Something's coming. Uh, but yeah, there they the tracksuit mafia is talking crap as Kate gets to the front of Clint's house. And so they come out and they literally try to attack her with baseball bats, but she beats the hell out of them, including breaking somebody's nose with a serious headbutt. Before she's able to get inside of Clint's house, a taxi cab shows up in front of Clint's house and Jessica Drew comes out. And in pure instinct, uh, KRA knows this is about something's about to go down. This is something's about to happen. Oh, it was great where she tried to get, she's like, oh, well, I guess I can't prevent this. Or like, you know, I tried to get here in time, but. She just accepted defeat and just yeah. knew she was about to walk into something. So Clint opens the door and gets slapped in the face. Um, he says wow and gets slapped in the face again. And then, I don't know why, and it just did it to me now again. Like, she's crying. Like, why is she crying? Like, that really because- affected me. I was like, what? What? this isn't about what, what, what everyone else has been talking about this whole time. What what Natasha's mad at and what Bobby's mad at is not what you're mad at. Holy hell. This was a revelation for me. It's the kiss. Yeah. And says, you want to come in or are you just going to beat the hell out of me in the hallway for all the neighbors to see? So she does come in sad and, um, you know, they sit there and they talk and she basically says, like, you, why did you think sleeping around would be acceptable? Like, why did you think that it wouldn't hurt me if I found out that you were sleeping around? You must have thought that we were just, and then she, he says, just having a few laughs, and she goes to swing on him again, and she, he blocks it and says, "Don't," and I'm like, "What's about to happen?" Said you're not allowed to do that anymore, and I felt yeah. that shit in yeah. my, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. You don't get to do that anymore, man. Like, I get <laughs> no. it. I get it. it that shit uh, sucks and it hurts, but you don't get to do that anymore. Like, but, I've literally said those words, having to block punches from the face. I've never. Oh, I've got. I've gotten my fair share of black eyes from girls, and I've had to use those words. You're not allowed to do that no more, though. Like, no. Oh man. No, we gotta respect each other. That's how. That's how this goes. We have to respect each other with no physicality. Like, there's like. Physicality just shouldn't be in a conversation. Um, That's not a conversation. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So, yeah. Then when she even you know she held he held her back or whatever, but um, they hold hands kind of right. Would you say that's what's happening there? Um, uh, I mean, hold on, could I have to keep scroll? Yeah, that's no, holding he, hands. Oh, he's holding you by the wrist. He's holding her by the wrist. Zoom in. I think he's they could. The I think they could have went lower. Is my point. I think that they, they were... could have went lower, but he no, He's holding her hand so she doesn't smack him. Yeah, I know that. I know that that move too. Damn it, fraction. I know that move too, where you have to just gently hold their wrists, not up, not from the top, but from the bottom. So it's like you're not holding their hands, but you're still holding them in a gentle position. Because if you hold the their wrists from the top. It seems like you're gripping them. There's a difference between the gripping and the you not want to touch hands, but I'm still gonna try and hold your hand. Like, right. I know what he was doing. Like, God damn it. And next week, then the common man will show us more uh, self defense techniques. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally down for it, bro. Totally God down. damn it. So yeah, now we're now we're getting to this this whole panel from Kate walking in to uh, Drew walking out. This is my lock. This is my home screen wallpaper because it's this a lot. Was, this was too much to unpack in one. Yes. So, while they're having maybe a sweet moment, I'm not sure. Something's going on. Um, Kate comes in, and as soon as she comes in, the first thing that Drew tells Clint is, "You're a bad person, Clint Barton." You're so wrapped up in hating yourself that anytime anyone starts to care about you or God forbid starts to care, you start to care about them, you push them away. You did it to me. You did it to Bobby. And he breaks, you know, he cries to get in there and say, hey, we were married for years. I, and she said, bailed the second it got difficult because you're so selfless, aren't you? And then she walks over to Kate and coldly says, hey, when I was your age, if someone my age told me what to do, I'd have laughed. But girl. Listen to me. Don't hang out with him. He'll only let you down. It's his superpower. And I was like, damn. That's some shit right there. To which she gave the greatest comeback in <laughs> oh, all of... Oh, yeah? All- well, I don't hang out with him. He hangs out with me. Bitch. <laughs> and then- <laughs> yeah. And then... and. Just, oh, and then she's like, "Yo, she got it." And she's like, "I tried to get here in time, but I could like." She was being, look at she his, had his back. She had his one hundred percent again with 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 women, which you know she didn't necessarily have to have his back with women. And look at this scene here. Look at the, um, the physical acting. I guess you would say the body. She has body language. That's what I mean. Trying to hold her hand. She, she's trying to hold his hand. She has his hand on his shoulder. Like she's being very like. And look know, at him. He can't pick his chin up. For anything. He is down. He is down. He's been kicked and prodded. He knows that the building is still in danger. He knows that now everyone is hurt. But 
he also is really, really hurt by this Jessica Drew of it all. That has hurt him more than he thought it would, which I think is very interesting. And I love here, this moment, she tries to tell him, you know, Kate does, that she's not a bad person. And he says, look at me, look at all this I've done, you know. And then he does what he always does. He pushes her away too. He says, go up, go home, do whatever you want to do. I don't care. And she says she has a thing to do tonight. Um, and they leave it at that. Oh, uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just said too. I said, oh. yeah, I heard you by times. <laughs> like, fuck, I don't so, like this part. So, um, Peter Dog is up there chilling, and it turns out, I, you know, we come in this conversation halfway, but no, we can deduce it's, Gil, it's it's Gil's dog chilling. Oh, that's Gil's dog chilling. Yeah, we, that's Gil's little. That's Gil's little dog chilling. We can tell, yeah, because he was on the roof earlier, right? Oh, this is going to break my heart. So we, we can tell that from the, you know, the conversation that we walk into, that this was seemingly Clint going up and having a few beers and basically venting his heart out to Grills. At this point, he's done save Grills from, you know, the hurricane. Grills done gave him a DVR. Um, uh, he calls him Hawks. He calls him, was it? Hawk? Hawkeye. Hawk guy. Hawk guy. guy. <laughs> That's what he calls him. He calls him Hawk guy. He's always telling people even that he's when, an Avenger. <laughs> and even when he finally under even when he finally was able to remember it by saying, Oh, Hawkeye, like MASH, another fucking Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. He still calls him Hawk Guy. He's like, Hawk oh, guy. Hawkeye, like MASH. Okay, Hawkeye. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yep. yep. Great. And when Kate asks him about murdering people, he goes, The hell is your problem? He's an Avenger. <laughs> Like, oh, and he's sure, like, I'm yeah. not an Avenger. I'm nobody. And then he gets picked up by the by the Calicarrier. He goes, you see? Avenger. <laughs> yep. It's great. Oh, like, that was gross. It's like, I was his closest friend in the entire uh, run right now. Like, and, but he uh, never, but he also never, he never pushed boundaries. You know? Like, he never tried to tell Clint about himself. He's just always up there grilling and always in a good mood. And He's there, he's there to help Clint vent. Yes, and so Clint vents about how what really affected him the most was Jessica, Jessica Drew, and her reaction to everything. Um, and so Gil's like, you need to tell her then, dummy. You need to write it all down and tell her because push comes to shove, she may not, never want to see you uh, see you again. So he says, you know what? I'm going to do it. Damn right, girls. You're a damn genius. I'm going to go write this letter. And he goes... Attaboy, Hawk guy. And then he finally, for the first time, tells us what his real name is. It was very similar to Grills. It's Gil. And he says, it's Gil. No, he's, that, that was a uh, hurricane. Oh, he said that, that then a, too? No, oh, so- that's, remember when he was, he went, when he was saving Grills, he, like, he was, he was, uh, tell, he told his father, hey, where's Grills? He's like, who? Oh, why do you call him that, right? He says, why do you call he's him like, that? He, he's like, oh my God, do I not know his, his name? He's like, Crap! I need to find out his name. If I have, if I have to find out his name at his funeral, I will never live with myself. Like right. he, that's that was how close he was with the guy. That so when they were on the boat in Rockaway, like going away, he's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, what's your name?" He's like, "Gil." No way. Like, yep, short for Gilbert. <laughs> so yeah, and then he says, uh, "It's Gil," and somebody off panel says, "Gil," and he says, "Huh? Where'd you come?" And then there's two shots to the head of Gil with a snipe with a uh, silencer, 
and uh, oh. we see the villain known as the clown, who will be further known as the clown, come uh, in an all-white suit, white pancake makeup, and a teardrop. And he says, I told you, I came from hell. I was so mad. So, so yeah, mad. like they, we, yeah. we were beaten up emotionally, this whole issue. And then kind of let down off the off of the pure um, caring and outward affection of Kate and Gil. And then even when you think, you know, like maybe we got a little lucky, maybe there's a little bit of silver lining, boom. The man who's been hired by the Tracksuit Mafia to take down Clint is not only in town, but he's killing people close to him. And we have a couple more issues uh, to finish up this synopsis, but I think that's the last future sense you get of of the clown, right? Uh, yeah. All right. I'm going to let you finish up this uh, synopsis. So we started with a Kate at a party meeting a random stranger. And she's really talking about her love affair for New York while we get this weird flashback of a burning circus. In the embers, you see dead horses, dead people, skulls on fire, a kid named... Kazik Mir's Kazik Mir Kazak. If I said that right, I'm trying not to mispronounce it, but I've pra- trust me when I tell you I practiced all day <laughs> on how to pronounce. I practiced all day on how to pronounce that name. Uh, so I, I, the, the, I think the last thing I conclusion I came to was Kaz Kazimir Kazak. it's Polish. He's a Polish uh, character, right? So you so you get these flashbacks of a little boy. Uh, being like basically adopted by criminals and having to put on shows. And then there was this explosion that happened and Kaz lost like the closest, his closest friend, uh, Janev. Yeah. Janev or like somebody uh, he had a crush on. And you're getting these flashbacks while Kate is talking to this random stranger. And you can see she's really like, you know, uh, feeling him up. Like she's, she's getting very close to him. She's taking her, her, uh, her high heels off. He, uh, he's putting his hand on her lap. And while you're going through this, he's he's uh, giving her his origin in the most vaguest of ways. Like you know, I was born in I was born in hell, and I needed to work my way from the top. And while you're getting that, you just see the same little boy start. Oh my god, this panel was so freaking sick. He walks into like a a town square, and just unloads on like an outside cafe. Yeah, and then he's re- and then he's and he's talking about that. He he uh, he remembered getting his first real work and realizing that he could make money off of this. While you're getting panel shots, these flashback shots of somebody going from opening fire on a town square to getting pictures and envelopes and doing contract killings. And I guess we should say that prior to this, there was a lot of talk about the Traxu Mafia hiring the best of the best, right? Hiring somebody that was going to come through and completely, you know, solve this this Hawkeye situation for them. This big Hawkeye issue. And I think that, um, you know, uh, showing both sides, showing they can sit there and have, you know, this kind of socialite conversation with Kate. But also have this kind of really twisted background um, shows both sides of how he's going to be able to get so close to somebody like Hawkeye and, you know, possibly do him some great freaking harm uh, in trying to do so. 
But I also wonder if this is a little bit of the whole, you know, the idea of the shadow, um, how the villains are the shadow of the of the heroes. This is another person who seemingly was orphaned and had to grow up uh, in the circus and learn exactly. how to, you it was know, an orphaned circus and, and and trained to do bad things. But there is no Captain America and Avengers to intervene and bring him over, you know, to the to the light side. And maybe this yeah, is what happens when that it. doesn't happen. Yeah. And that's it's brilliant. It's the brilliant juxtaposition of it all. Like, like one man was given a, a, a second chance. <clears throat> the other man was never even given the idea that there is such thing as a second chance. Right. His second chance was learning he can kill instead of just being nice. Right. Right. And so. So, yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so, 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 the, so the party really continues. And, like this was the sickest. This was the sickest crap I've read. Yeah. so far like up up to this point in this issue like it was just crazy you're just getting this kate talking to some stranger and then getting killing happening all yeah. like contract killing contract killing contract killing and then the night is the night is well over it's been an hour since the party's over and the guy's just you know gives his name and leaves all cool and suave or whatever and kate didn't like that she's um, you're not the hero of the story i am which is actually funny, great writing. Like it is, it's brilliant writing. At the end of the day, like you're not the hero of the story. I am. You can't right. leave like some cool guy like that. You know, I do. She didn't she like his power. Kiss. She didn't like his power moves. Yep, she didn't like the power move at all. So she she plants a kiss on him, walks away, whispering uh, Hawkeye out, mm-hmm. and he does a little smile and a smirk. A and then we, smirk. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. and then we, uh, we, we get back to the apartment, and it's cut back to the previous issue where now Hawkeye is coming into the apartment, and uh, Kate's there. Yeah, and they're basically arguing now. And while they're arguing, you see in the background clown hmm. opening the window, like he, like he's basically creeping through the, like, creeping in the background. That's where he gets up onto the fire escape to the roof and kills Gil. And basically, the, it, it ends the same way the last one ends, where you just see how he how he came about to be able being able to kill Gil. Right. And no, because yeah, he followed Kate back to Hawkeye's apartment. Yep. Like he was once. She didn't have to whisper that, but I guess in character that would be something that she whispers. Yeah. Like even if you don't agree with the decision. You can't argue that it wouldn't be a realistic decision for that character. Right. So I agree. So he kills Gil all over again and then the issue ends. I uh, really I really like when uh when Homeboy when she tries to talk to Clint um in general and she he's seemingly not paying attention. He's just firing arrows, he's gone through it, he's not trying to talk to her at all. Um and she has to walk away, you know. She does the she does yeah, the, Robin Robin Hood shot. the Robin Hood shot. <laughs> yeah, not before doing the Robin Hood shot. She does the Robin Hood shot because she got it. You know, again, power move. She's in a power move move uh, day, you know. Um, but she tells him like you you don't get to yell at nobody. You don't get to sit around and mope. I love I love her little pep talks to him because it's out of frustration. She only gets this mad because she cares. She doesn't want to see him dragging his feet. Um, and then he has a moment to turn and tell her something and he does it. And then like you said, well, my favorite thing about it is, uh, her saying like, you know, of all of the list 
of people that you get to scream and yell at when you're depressed and down, I am the person that's last on that list. And she is well within her right to say something like I'm, that. I'm not only that, but I'm going to take that. I'm going to say that to people. <laughs> I'm totally going to say that to you. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I get that you're very mad and you want to get out and lash out on everybody, but on the list of motherfuckers you're supposed to be lashing out at, I am last on that list. Oh, you better 100% say that that's me if that, well, I mean, obviously, that day ever comes, you already know the code word to say, and <laughs> you'll know if I'm if I'm being invaded in the body or not. That's so. true. That's true. But uh, yeah, I want to, I cannot wait to touch on this fucking, mo- this, this, I don't know how, 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 tell uh, me, our how piece, do they do this? Our piece de resistance of tonight this, is going to be uh, the 11th issue, and this is where we're going to end our synopsis and recap and review until next week, which we'll pick up in issue 12 and continue to issue 22. The last 10 issues, we'll find out what's going down with the clown, the tracksuit mafia, Kate, Peter Dog, and uh, Clint. This is, we just finished the last human issue, the last human POV issue of the night, and it's time for Dan to do his best uh, to talk dog, because the final issue of this comic is exclusively from Lucky, the Peter Dog's perspective. And um, I'll give you another little a little uh, piece of breadcrumb to get you tantalized to next week. The events of this will be revisited from a, a human POV. Oh, God, that's going to be great. So all the things that are being done and being said that he doesn't she, he doesn't necessarily understand will all be circled back around to. Which I think oh, is amazing. But they've, been, they've been doing that. The Fraction has been doing that this entire run up to this point so far. There's so many moments where you're getting uh, other people's backstories and side stories and their points of views from previous or later issues. And you think or, that would be com- you think like, that would be like confusing, but it isn't. No, he's doing it so he's breadcrumbing it so well where you feel almost rewarded. Like, oh, that's how it happened. You're seeing uh, when you're reading previous arguments between Clint and Kate, you're getting what happened in those backgrounds of those arguments in issues uh, later. It's very, it's very Noah Howley of, of uh, Mr. Fraction. Oh, God. It to is, be able it, to hop around and jump into these different POVs and see how people, you know, how people saw it versus how, you know, it happened. Oh, it's, it's, it is. Oh, that's why this, that when this opened up, and all you see in the writing, I kind of, I thought I was, because I didn't, um, what was I? I was reading this on Comics Online. Yeah. So I thought my uh, Wi-Fi, yo, why can't I read the words? Oh, wait, are we in the dog's point of view? <laughs> and then they start throwing these little yellow bubbles. Like pictograms. Everywhere. Yeah. Oh, and then it just made sense. Okay, this is male arrow guy. He does this and this and this and this and that for me, and I love him. And this is female. She does this and this and this and this and that. No, and not only that, but a, person- a lot of that stuff is stuff that he can smell, right? Yes. It smells yes. like coffee. Smells like uh, do- he smells like dog food because he gives me my dog food. She smells like flowers and drinks and lipstick and and coffee and pizza. <laughs> and so it starts with a fight between Kate and Clint, and the dog is like he's 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 awkward about it. He's not feeling it. He's gone. He's like I'm out of here. Right. He leaves and then comes Grills' puppy. Oh, poor puppy. Here comes Grills' puppy telling and telling uh Lucky. His his owner's dead. Yeah, brings him to yeah, the roof. Yeah, because did you catch? You did this... you catch when he walked walk, walked by Gil's apartment and didn't smell anything? He walks by question everybody's mark. apartment. Yes, question yeah, mark. And he smells. He knows that they're all in there, but for some reason, Gil doesn't seem to be in his apartment because he doesn't smell anything. 
And that's where the question mark came in from. All right. They sniff each other's butts. <laughs> and, then he, then he, and then he tells them, like, you know, come to the roof. He goes to the roof. He sniffs around. You see, you literally see, like, this this above shot view of, of, the, of um, the dog's footprints. Like, you see, like, uh, you see the dogs following the foot, like, actual footprints and smelling. And it, it shows mysterious man, gunpowder, or bullet casing and all that stuff. Like, it yeah. was it's great. So uh, this dog ends up from an an uncomfortable situation between two shared owners to solving a crime. From solving a crime to eating, to eating garbage and, pizza. And the thing is, when you look at the title of the issue, it does say pizza dog in Pizza is My Business. So he is lucky, but he's very much pizza dog. Yep. He's very much. Because next thing you know, well, it's like he took his lunch break. Yep. The man's a hard worker. man had to take his lunch break. You see him laying down eating garbage pizza. Yeah, which I mean, then he, this, the, if you live in New York City, there's not much garbage pizza. Not much. Like, hey, not much garbage. No one finishes their pizza, so if he ended up getting that, looked like a full slice too. Yeah, for real. It's like he if got, someone must have dropped it on the floor. He got down on that totally. He's lucky. He got lucky, so that's why his name's that. But and then he, uh, he hears because you see the ear, and I love the way the inside of the drawing is where you see like the like the it's like a, the it's like an anatomical anatomical drawing like in a science class or something yeah you see like the canal the the, the cartilage this and this and that it was great and you see it prop up i love it he's laying down you see ear propped up ear pops up he notices old owner his old owner says arrow dog's like oh nope i don't want none of this because if you could when you see the little pictogram thing you see <laughs> that he remembers that he remembers the abuse the freaking kick you know and punch and not, and get, like and not getting treats and he was like, yeah, nah. Yeah, no, I'm walking away. Oh, wait, is that, back. did he confuse that other guy for Hawkeye? Was that what that was? <laughs> it looks like he walks up and he's like, is that guy Hawkeye? Oh, I guess it's not. <laughs> no, he started, no, because um, he started barking at them. Yeah, yeah and then you see, they were you beating see how, up somebody. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. The person that they were beating oh, he on, thought, oh, I yeah, think he, he thought, thought that, was Hawkeye, that was Hawkeye. And then yeah, he realized yeah. it wasn't Hawkeye. Oh, and then he goes away. And then he runs away. He's like, "Oh nope, I don't want this smoke." Right. And, but when he gets and back, as a matter of fact, as a matter, of, uh, this is gonna sound very stupid and very confusing. You're gonna have to uh, tune into next week's episode. But I said all that in in pure honesty and pure earnestness. But now that I've said that, and now that I have revisited what I just said, there's a very good reason why that happened. Just know <laughs> there's a very good reason why those two. Are looked at that way, why he looks at him that way, and why he leaves. So I'm just gonna put that. Oh there. God, that's gonna be it's gonna be great. Yes, but now we're back to the the cops, right? Which oh yeah, oh yeah, because he goes back to the apartment, and the cops are basically uh, telling him to just uh, keep an eye out or keep out of trouble or whatever. Um, now we're being prepared for Hawkeye going to Hawkeye Hawkeye to go to Gil's funeral. And you see him looking very sad while Kate's helping him with his tie. And he tells him to watch the to watch the, the house, to be a good boy. And he ends up going back to the roof again where the uh, clown and the tracksuit goons came and decided to, I guess, clean up the evidence or yeah. something. I don't know why they were there again, what the hell they were doing, but they came back again. And that's when he, he decides to attack them. 
and just I, I think it's a running trait that those three are getting knocked out and waking up somewhere else because <laughs> even the he, dog, right? <laughs> yeah, because the dog tackles one of the goons off the roof and then he wakes up and it looks like an old woman's house while everyone's drinking tea and one of the goons has his knee bandaged. Right, like they they, the they brought him back home. Yeah, like basically they brought him back home. Yeah, and you know it's funny. I just realized now that now at least Gil's dog went to a better life. Well, oh, not a better yeah. life, but but at least it has an owner and it's not home. It's not homeless, but it will probably be with the, the the old lady, which would be a much better life if that's the case. He so legit at opens. one point he legit salutes uh, Clint. <laughs> Clint. Oh no, yeah, when he says he says watch the house, be a good boy, and he like he salutes he salutes him. When he salutes him. Like, oh, shit. Uh, and uh, yeah, he got his heart broken by uh, that other. That was a stray dog, right? Uh, yeah. Someone that little my man, pizza dog. No, but that then she so comes back up. out, and his heart comes back together. <laughs> oh, my, my God. He's Andy Dwight. And at least, I got worried for a second. I thought he was going to end up getting kidnapped, but the door, the key opens, and once again, ear props up, key opens. My man bolted out that door so fast. Yep. He ends up coming home, and he comes home to, what I'm reading in context is uh, Kate and uh, Clint essentially breaking up in a sense. Like, you know, like, like, going separate ways and she's taking the dog with her yeah so the issue really ends with like you i like because you get a lot of these different words as if the dog is understanding only bits and pieces and it's helping me put in context like by seeing and knowing what i've read from before and it's like they're de- they definitely must have gotten into some sort of fight in issue 12 that's going to explain yes this one but it's great that she takes the dog with her so it's like yeah, I got Kate Bishop walking around with a bow and arrow and a dog. This is going to be badass. I can't wait for issue 13 now. But now, now I'm, I'm not only that, though, but nowhere near New York City. Those two oh. go all the way to California. Oh, that's dope. They go all the way to California. And if you're a Hawkeye fan, that may sound familiar because Hawkeye was one of the founding members of the West Coast Avengers who were stationed in California. Um, I think Tony Stark was also on that team at various points. Uh, but yeah, she something's happened that's so monumental that she is out out of it, out of there, and she took the dog. Which I if I'm if I'm guessing correctly, he gave it to her because he must have did something wrong. Because I think if he was completely in the right, he would have been like, "You're not taking my damn dog." Yeah, he probably definitely did give the dog to her. But um, which it makes sense. He would. Yeah. Yeah. He's got nothing, you know, because he's going to, this is at a point where you're looking at a man that probably doesn't want anything left. Gil's dead. Kate's leaving. Take my fucking dog. I don't care. Yeah, what for else? real. All, it's every, all, going all the to girls shit in my anyway. life are gone. Yeah, exactly. It's all going to shit. I'm literally beating him up and broken the bits. Someone wants to kill me. The, every every single mobster in New York wants to kill me. And now the you want to take, take my, my dog. dog. Yeah. And now so you want to take my dog. Yeah, take exactly. Take dog. my fucking dog. It's like, yeah, I'm going, you know what? I'm, I'm going to bed. We're gonna try this again tomorrow. Let's try this again tomorrow. (laughs) I'm going to bed. He's a man after my own heart. But eleven issues in, eleven issues down. What do you What do you think so far? Are you Are you excited for next week? Are you excited for continuous? I I, I'm gonna finish this tonight. I'm gonna read this tonight. I don't care how many times I read this. I'm gonna read this enough times because this is amazing. I love I love all of this. Yeah. Once again. I'm just—it's comics. I love comics. When they're I've good, they're they're almost untouch, untouchable, bro. When they're when good, when they're on point, are good. Yeah. You get such emotional releases. Like you read some of this dialogue coming from 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 drawings, and you're like, oh my 
God. Yep. You'd be like, Disney, Disney plus wishes, wishes, hopes, praise. I, that it's able to have like, any of that, like a, a spoonful of that, a wholesome goodness of that math fraction. I uh, love right there. I, that's all I, I don't want. I don't want the story. I don't need the story. Keep the story. Don't adapt the story. Adapt the atmosphere. Adapt the characters. Adapt their mannerisms and their 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 chemistry with each other. When you adapt that, then we could then I I like you know I'm gonna love it. But if you just if you just do it for the sake of oh we're gonna take Kate Bishop and Clint Barton and put them together with a dog in New York and have him try and guide her, but have none of the actual. Yeah, it doesn't work without between... without that writing. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. It it would just kind of seem tropey. It seems like a sitcom. Oh, we're gonna give him a kid sidekick and a dog. It's like, eh. so, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, well, we might as well throw in a you know, upbeat type of theme song. Been in it. Yeah. Like, Hawkeye and friends. Yeah. Like, like, oh my god. So no, we. I need, I need that fraction style of writing. I need the. I I need. Clint Barton to look through his things and pick up a laser disc of Blade Runner and say, I love that movie. And just, <laughs> right. just, you know, and end the scene there. Go to another scene. Like I just I need stuff like that. I, I need guys like Gil. Don't don't even kill off Gil. Don't even make Gil an important character. Just throw him in as a as a cameo every once in a while. Yeah. Once in once an episode. Give him give me 13 seconds of Gil saying Hawkeye. <laughs> or they, something about Avengers. That's all I need. They're usually good at that. Um uh, so, um, the Swordsman has been confirmed for the Hawkeye series. Uh, so has the Clown. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see who they cast. So the Clown oh. is cast. Um, but and even though the Swordsman may not be you know, as big of a ticket as the Clown, the Swordsman will be played by Tony Dalton, aka. Uh, oh my Lalo, God, Lalo Salamanca. So Clint's, uh, Clint's the man who adopted him and beat him and taught him how to steal shit. We played I, by. I Lalo just Salamanca. see him saying, "Clintiford, is that you?" Yeah. <laughs> right. Hello, 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 Mister Barton. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time, Francis. Shit like that. Yeah, like, it's gonna be. Oh it's man, gonna, it's gonna get Gucci, and this is only gonna get better. Hopefully, you guys have caught the fraction fever like we have over here, and you guys are ready to dive in to uh all things hawkeye next week but in case you want to scratch that itch go to comicbookclick.com the one stop for everything comic book click including our articles um every episode of the major issues podcast including us covering the sex criminals book uh by the incredible creative team of chip sadarsky and matt fraction it's our first introduction to that kind of writing and you can hear us freaking just fawn over it because it was absolutely amazing because you know you know what it was it was it it was the adult out of the box original writing that I was looking for with those dour, depressing, realistic moments. But it 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 didn't have to do anything cringeworthy. It didn't have to like you know break any comic rules. It didn't it didn't have to like you know um, neuter certain characters. It gave you a yeah. whole new fresh world. It, it was doing the writing that I come to expect that I come to love, but doing it in a in a, in a wholesome adult original way. Yeah, one of the thoughts I had about the Hawkeye thing in general is that I love that all of his stories are extremely personal. None of those stories, we read 11 different issues, none of those issues had anything to do with the world ending. None of them. Not one. Nope. But, nope. but at various points, Clint's world was in danger. 
His world being the tenants, his world being guild, his world being all the interpersonal Jessica relationships. Drew. Right. Yeah. And that's that's what moves the needle for me. Um, that's what really makes me like some people talk about who's my favorite villain, and I often say reverse flash because he's personal. He's a personal villain. He doesn't want to take over the world. He just wants to fuck over Barry Allen. There's something there's something to say for all that pettiness, <laughs> for all that anger and stuff. But this is the exact opposite of that. Go back to comicbookclick.com. Look at every episode of the Major Issues Podcast. You can literally write and comment on any episode and we get the email. So uh, it'll be absolutely fantastic. We'll be covering the next couple of issues next week. So make sure that you guys are on board for that. But you can find the Major Issues Podcast wherever podcasts are found. That's Stitcher, Podbean, the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, TuneFind, Spotify, YouTube, and more. The quickest way to find us is to put the Major Issues Podcast in Google and we'll be the first result to pop right up because we're always talking about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We do this free of charge every single week, so there's many ways to support us if you'd like to. First and foremost, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't and try to change accordingly. Uh, because I know we've become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books, comic book media in the future. I've been to the future. Just so don't give us no spoilers. Yeah, I can't give you guys spoilers. I'll mess up the timeline. So instead, I'll tell you guys that another way that you guys can support us, besides rating and reviewing, that might cost you guys a little bit of money, is join the clubhouse. Patreon.com slash CBC clubhouse. That link will also be in the show notes. You can enter that to get exclusive content that I think we're going to have to ramp up for the next, uh, we're going to have to ramp up one for this month. Uh, Dan, oh, we've been doing uh, our uh, CBC commentaries. Our CBC commentaries. We just finished doing Dark Phoenix, um, which is hilarious. You can hear us uh, talk crap about that movie, and it would be like we're sitting right there next to you, all for three dollars a month for a dime a day, people. A dime a day. Uh, you can keep us, you know, keep the lights on in this place, and we'll be incredibly grateful for you guys. So. Like, share, and subscribe. Go to comicbookclick.com. Get some merch from TeePublic, our store there. Uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, support us uh, by liking and sharing and subscribing. Like, t- tell a friend to tell a friend. That's the best way. In this new year, with everyone giving each other new beginnings, give somebody the Major Issues podcast. It might change their life. Like it changed mine. But, um, again, thank you guys for listening this far into all this. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so by going to facebook.com slash comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or you can use the hashtag comicbookclick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Um, I'm at Major Issues CBC on Twitter. I believe you have a Twitter handle, Dan, Dan or IG. Uh, I am Dan's Comics CBC, D-A-N-S-C-O-M-I-C. Uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting how to spell comics sometimes. Right, Dan's happens. comics, just Dan's comics. It's so simple. Yes, and he is just getting into TikTok, so you might see some cool things up there. Uh, there. Uh, before we end this, I would like to send all positive vibes and energy to my man GT Rebirth. Uh, we love you, brother. Co-host of the Major Issues podcast. On occasion, he is currently going through a project rebirth, if you will, strengthening his mind, body, and soul. To come back to 2021 even better than ever. We're going to miss him for a little bit. A little bit uh, while he's gone. We're going to miss him a whole lot while he's gone for a little bit. Everybody needs a vacation sometime. Yeah, I have to reword that. We're going to miss him a lot while he's gone for a little bit. Oh, we're (laughs) going to miss him a hell of a lot while he's gone. His voice is definitely a big one. But he is in the hyperbolic time chamber. So I know he's going to come back bigger and badder and better than ever. 
Uh, another shout out to Yogi, who's killing it with his own wrestling podcast, the Dirt Sheet Radio podcast. Go ahead and check that out if you're a wrestling fan. But yeah, we're, we're coming in this year strong. We're coming in this year hot on the target. I don't know what we started last year with. Maybe it was um, something that got me upset, which is why 2020 happened the way it did. But yeah, with, it, made, it started Hawkeye, with Birds of Prey. Yes, with Fraxons Hawkeye, we might be turning around. You understand? You know why, Dan? Because so, on many occasions, on many occasions, you we think we're taking one step forward, but we end up taking two steps back, right? You take three steps forward, you take five steps back. But guess what, Dan? An arrow can only be moved by getting pulled backwards. Exactly. Just and then when it flies, people. it moves. Oh, and it's going to. And it's going to. So make sure that you're here next week when we cover the rest of this series. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic book man. And this has been our Hawkeye by Matt Fraction Part 1 recap and review. And remember, whether you're an expert archer down on his luck, a crazy pup with a love for pizza, or a badass socialite with killer aim, we're all a family just like Gil. Because you're part of the clique, and you, yes you, are worthy. 